The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. Welcome back. This is a big moment for us because we are now at season two of MetaTalks. Not only are we at season two of MetaTalks, we are now officially a part of the LinkedIn Podcast Academy and Network. So that's why you're going to see the image and a lot of the stuff that we will be posting on social. It will say LinkedIn Presents. So we're very excited to be a part of this. And I think this is just going to increase and get to our mission of impact that we are very excited about since day one. So Kate, welcome to season two. Wow, very excited. It's been a long time, I have to say. Six, the last six months I stopped recording and I'm very excited and what a better guest to have. Woohoo, Dan. I know, <laughs> Jay Daredevil, AKA JD, or his real name, Jared Dillinger. Welcome to the show and welcome to season two. My gosh, thank you guys for the warm introduction. Now I know we all know each other already, but I think just being a part of what you guys have built and what we have looking forward in this current season. It's very exciting, very privileged to be with you guys and um, excited for this interview to kick off. We're going to dive into something that the three of us are working on that will be huge, but we'll, we'll state that for much later. Now we really want to understand who is JD? How did he become JD and J Daredevil going from Jared Dillinger in Hawaii to where you are now? We'd love to hear, you know, start to tell us what was the transition like when you went from living in Hawaii college to now being in the Philippines. And what I like to say, and I don't want to put too much pressure, but um, so I sure. won't say you're like Michael Jordan of the Philippines. I won't say that, but don't say that He's incredible, incredible athlete here. And so we'll, we'll dive all into that. But you know, walk us through the beginning. Sure, sure. Thanks, Dan. I can't believe you just compared me to MJ, but I will try to do my best to fill in the shoes. Okay, so let's take it back to Hawaii university days. My current projection of what I wanted to do after college was to play professional ball somewhere in the world. Globalization wasn't really what it is today from what it was back then 15 years ago. We didn't have smartphones. Internet in most parts of the world were not as strong in other parts and whatnot. The only idea I had of playing basketball was in Europe. To be honest, my whole resume was going to be an investment banker, play one or two years in Finland or Belgium or Germany or one of those countries. Now, the weird part about my journey to being a pro ball player in the Philippines was that people began to find out my junior year in college that I'm a Filipino. And people couldn't understand I was a Filipino yet because my last name was Dillinger. I look half half. I don't really look like I'm a Filipino. Once that traveled around Hawaii, word got back into the Philippines that I was this player that could possibly play for the national team and to play for the club teams out in the Philippines. Long story short, a lot of scouts and coaches from the Philippines came to my school. They watched enough games to give me a contract and to assure me that I can play on the national team immediately. That was pretty much the selling point that got me off my high horse to take a chance to go 
here in Southeast Asia to see what type of career I can make out of myself. I didn't have any expectations coming into it. I had no idea of the popularity that the Philippines had for their love of basketball. For people who don't know, Philippine basketball is a religion. Just to give you some context of how passionate we are, the last championship finals that we were in, and Dan and Kate can attest to this because they were there watching, there were over 50,000 people at our game. And if you That's just try to think about that for, yeah, for a basketball game, that's that's like an American football game filled up in a in a in an arena back in the states. You're like a rock star here, if you will. Long story short, I blinked five times. Now I'm near the end of my career, and I'm pivoting back into the finance in- industry, and it's like I'm reinventing myself all over again. Well, Jared, question: Any of your family plays basketball, or is just your passion? How did you get into that? Yeah, I was a multi-sport athlete, and to be honest, baseball was really my main sport that I was supposed to play in. I was far more talented in baseball and more naturally gifted. Just being a kid, I found that basketball was more fun and I just stuck to that instead of baseball. I don't have any other family members that are into sports as deep as I am. I think my parents just put me in a handful of sports just because I was so restless and I had a hard time sitting still as a child. So they put me in like seven sports a year and I was I I did them all, Kate. Whether it's BMX racing or football, track and field, soccer, boxing, baseball, basketball, like I did everything. So in the end of the day, I had to pick a couple that I could actually do and basketball was one of them. Well, amazing. So how did you get into finance and basketball? Is that the same thing? And I've seen you as being a leader, you know, of the team Hinebra. Can you tell me the, the commonality of those things? I mean, I think a lot of people can agree that business and sports coincide with each other in a lot of ways where you have a captain or you have a CEO and you need to hold yourself to a higher accountability to higher values than the people below you. I was in the military school before going to Hawaii. I learned a lot about leadership and how to lead men and women, obviously. I think it just naturally fit my personality. Wherever I was in my career as a high school, as a college, as a professional athlete, just by default, I would always be chosen to be a leader of some capacity. So it doesn't feel any different in terms of me being a leader in the finance world as of do the sports world, because they do run very similar, at least from my experience thus far. As long you're having fun with all this stuff it there is really no stress of trying to lead people i think if you have good intentions and you have the right moral compass in place you surround yourself with good people it, it's pretty effortlessly in terms of being a good leader how was that transition jared going from student athlete to you know superstar in a completely different country and like you mentioned i know how big basketball is here and how how much we've talked about it before i think the philippines is a great place for driving out i know maybe before it was a little bit different but now, you know, social media virality here is huge. You know, social media is being used so much and the Philippines really has taken on to technology. So you go from college athlete to stardom to being well known. How did you transition at that age? I think I was lucky in the sense that in Hawaii, there are no professional sports. So most of the fandom would be geared towards the college athlete. I already had a, a stepping stone into feeling like a star, if you will, in Hawaii, because they really glorified their co- their college athletes there. I was already give, getting the, the superstar treatment, if you will, getting into all the, at the time I was in high uh, college, so I'm going to all the bars. So I get in all the bars and clubs for free, <laughs> getting unlimited Dave and Buster's tickets and, and, and things of, 
along that nature, being on the Hawaiian local TV channels and networks, that gave me a little taste into what was going to be expected from myself as a public figure going into professional athlete and also becoming a national icon for the country when I was bearing the, the national colors as on my jersey playing for the national team. What was hard was that for one, being politically correct, being careful with your words when you're speaking in the media and not looking like a knucklehead if you go out, someone taking a picture or a movie of something that you would be doing dumb, <laughs> if you will. You gotta put this in context that I'm a kid at the time, I'm under 25, I get a lot of fame, a lot of glory, and money comes with that as well. So if you don't have a good balance of people around you, that could get into your head a little bit and you could get full of yourself, you could get off track and and chasing the wrong things in life, it was easy. Like I was, there were moments in my career that I was immature in the sense of being, feeling myself, like being really proud of, of who I was just because of the status that I was receiving. It does take some time and some good people to bring you back down to earth. Like you, I think having mentors is everything. If you don't have a mentor that you can look up to that's been there before to kind of tell you how things are ran properly, you're gonna have a lot of tra trial and error issues when you're finding your way as a superstar athlete, if you will. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, handling fame, because I know a few people that don't know how to handle fame. But here you are having that mentor. Who is that mentor? And how do you keep yourself grounded? I see, I, I think, Jared, you're one of the kindest person I hang out. Thank you for teaching me to say thank you to the guard and the people that opens the door. And I was just having a conversation with Dan, like, man, that was such a good teaching that I need to remind myself to to really be kind i know that's that's something that you, you stand for that's wanting for people to be known that you're just a kind and still do well in life and professional so can you tell me more about that because that's very important especially in this crowded digital world that people could get followers right away and that the dopamine of in and out i mean that's hard to maintain when you're not getting attention and handling fame yeah that's a good question like so my mentor i have a couple of them i'll just name of them as i was growing up being a professional this guy his name is jimmy alipot for those who don't know he's currently working under the sacramento kings right now as an assistant coach within their organization but when he was playing and when he was here he was the face of philippine basketball pba basketball of Asian basketball. He was a great leader, a great speaker, a great motivator. He took me under his wing the moment I flew into the Philippines through Hawks, through his example. I just followed his step every part of the way. Even to this day, we have our talk every couple weeks just to catch up on life, friendship, relationships, and um, I still hold him dear to my heart today. I think the biggest thing that I learned in terms of what you're talking about, how you're telling me how I'm very kind, I, very, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I do take pride in that. I think I carry that motto with me so strong. And I, I believe that every person that you meet, you should have a, a positive transaction between them. And that word carries very quickly. It just takes a handful of people that you make good transactions with that their friends like, oh yeah, I ran into JD. That's a cool guy. What a nice guy that guy is. There's no intentions of trying to gain anything by being nice. I just think we need more mentors and more role models showing the way of, hey, like <laughs> we live in a cold world. And, you know, you look on the news, there is a lot of negative things that we see these days. And if we can take it upon ourselves just to be 1% better every day in terms of just being kind and showing kindness to others, maybe we'll make the world 0.001 better. But that's better than nothing. I have kids, of course. I want them to 
see me as a good role model towards others so that they'll have a barometer to know what is a good person and how a good person should act. Absolutely, Dan. Yeah, you know, that's always been my motto as well. You know, treat everyone the same. It's so important. Yeah. I think it really shows, like Kate mentioned, you can tell when you go out just how kind you are to everyone. And, and I know part of your mission is to show that you can still be kind and make it because that people have a misconception that you have to be a certain way in order to get to a certain place in life. And I think that that's incredible. That's right. I love to fast forward, if that's okay with you, to, so you've gone, you said 15 mm -hmm. seasons, correct? Or 15 years? Yes, sir. Basketball has been, you know, you've, you've mastered it, you've conquered it, you've helped win some championships, which is amazing. And now you're talking about, you know, listening to your social media, you're talking a lot about the future of technology and, and how things are changing and what's coming to people in the Philippines or even people outside. What drew you into that? It was quite simple, Dan. During the pandemic, I mean, when I put my mind towards something where I want to be successful at, I put both feet in, I go all in, I will work tirelessly at it until I reach a goal that I have set myself in my head. Now, during the pandemic here in the Philippines, we had to be locked up into our homes on top of my organization for basketball that made it more strict on our regulations in terms of where we can go. Ideally, I was trapped in my house for about a year and a half. Had a lot of soul searching like most people do. A lot of reflection in terms of where do I want to take my life? Where's the trajectory that I want to go? Because in basketball, obviously, I'm a depreciation asset. It is what it is. You just can't play basketball forever. It was really my wife asked me that I should get back into finance. And I didn't know what industry or part of finance I wanted to get in. But during the pandemic, there was a crypto surge, if you will. So I, I got into crypto from there. I went to YouTube University to really begin my studies, which is a rabbit hole to say the least. Um, I'm not sure what information I got that was correct because I did lose a lot of money in the beginning. <laughs> but it served as a good learning bridge to what I'm currently doing today. Just like I told you in the beginning, when I want to go all in and put my time, energy and effort into it, I become obsessed and consumed with knowledge and information, just understanding what it takes to be successful, that I got to pay my dues and put my time in. I'm in it. I'm currently in it right now. I'm, I am not no expert, but I'm very passionate and I'm very excited for what I've been building and what I have built. And I'm just excited to continue growing in this finance industry, if you will. Well, I think the great thing is you don't have to be an expert to talk through your own personal experiences. And I think people are really leaning towards others to hear more about their experience. And then so they can make, you know, an informed decision on themselves on whatever that is that they're doing. Thank you, Jared, for sharing about how you've really gotten yourself to this point. I really want to dive into also around what is the future of what you're working on, personal branding, advice for other athletes or people that are, are transitioning into different industries, I think you can take you know what's happening to you across many things. Let's start on that topic. How does one sure. transition their personal brand? And like you mentioned before, you know, it's been a few years, you've been talking about this new topics, transitions uh, outside of just sports and being an athlete. How does one transition uh, along the way? Anything that you, you've learned? Yeah, this is a, a deep 
deep question that we got to unpackage and layer off like an onion, right? To brand yourself and to get information out to people of what you've done, how you've done it, and what value you can bring to others. I think for one, you need to get on social media. Obviously, you need to project yourself to a way that people can find information about you in terms of what you've currently done in your life or in your career. I think more times than not, people shy away from being proud of what they've accomplished and what they've done. Maybe they're a little bit unorganized or not knowing where to start because it does seem a lot when you're at ground zero, when you are reinventing yourself, starting from scratch. I think number one is you need to organize your thoughts, who you want to target and what you want to be in terms of being a service to others and building a brand for yourself. Organizing your thoughts into words is definitely something you need to get started on first. I did tackle on about putting out the right information for everyone to see. So whether that may be putting that on your social media websites, make social media platforms or making a website of yourself talking about everything that you've done and what you're currently doing and what you're going to do for future projects down the road. Awesome. I think the great thing is now that we have ChatGPT and AI, more so than before access, I can put all of my words there. Mm -hmm. I know for me, it's been a game changer for not just creating the content, but also formatting the content. I, I tell it what I want to talk about. Yeah. It makes it sound a lot better, puts it into sound bites for me. So that's been, you know, that's been pretty amazing for me. Oh, right. I mean, we didn't even talk about AI yet. I mean, everything that I just talked about, that takes a lot of time, energy, and effort to put all that out there properly and to think of the right caption and the right verbiage of how you want yourself to be presented. You, Dude, you nailed it right on the bat, Dan, that utilizing ChatGPT or AI, if you will, to construct the right words and the right explanations of what you're trying to get out of your head onto a piece of, not a piece of paper, but onto these social platforms or websites of your own brand so that you could focus on other things to get done. Because I've done both ways, to be honest. I've done it without AI and I've done it utilizing with AI. It's like brain explosion type of situation of how much you can really get done as long as you can utilize it the proper way. We were just talking today with, a, with people. It feels like I talk about AI like every day day, not to the public, but just to friends or it comes up in conversation. So I can only imagine, you know, five, 10 years from now, it's going to be insane. But I'd love to dive into the show that the three of us are creating. It's called Creating the Future. Can you talk a little bit about what that show is going to be like? And, you know, you and I, we, we've had some sure. incredible meetings recently with some people. Maybe we can dive into a little bit about that. So what the audience can expect uh, from a this new show called Creating the Future. Yes, we are so excited about this show. We've been building this for a couple months now. Ideally, essentially, this show is about a handful of components. It's going to be about content creation, whether that's the actual creation part of the process and also behind the creator as well in terms of how they got there. What did they do to maximize their viewers and their engagements? Maybe it's a rags to riches story. Maybe it changes their life for the better, for the worse whatever it may be, we want to know about it. The other two components of the show is going to be about gaming, whether that may be esports, Web3 gaming, gaming tech in general. Obviously, we feel that gaming is a huge industry, not just regionally, but globally. There are optimizing new ways to get Web3 gaming coincide with esports, with regular gaming platform, adding another component. I think that's very interesting to talk about. And lastly, 
basically is just general key trigger words that we don't want to say too often and not like metaverse, web three, crypto. I think regardless of the downtimes that we're currently in talking about web three and crypto, I think we can all agree that it's not going anywhere. You know, there's always going to be peaks and valleys in terms of the trends, in terms of the hot topics that we want to get out. But I think that with this show that we're talking about, it's generally about future tech. It's really transforming how we, we know that in this day and age, especially the vision, they have figured out ways on how to monetize their platforms in a sense that it's not really working. They're, they're not working in terms of creating content and traveling the world and being in certain situations, whether they're dancing or giving an educational or informational type of piece for their post, regardless of what it may be, it feels like it's fun. And I think that mixing both work and play into one and showing people how to do that successfully and properly is what we are ultimately out to do on our show. We want to show people how to make money. We want to show people how to be successful. We want to give them the right information while at the same time we're having fun at it. Man, love the explanation. Like you mentioned, it's been months in the making. I know we're also going to be working uh, with TikTok here, Southeast Asia and the Philippines to help extend the reach, amplify, really build up something like you mentioned for those that aren't going to be watching TV or those that might not see it online on multiple websites that'll be hosted on or distributed to so we can really maximize it's like you mentioned and I know you're passionate about impact I think we've all gotten to a place in our life where impact is really more important than anything and the more that we can help others mm -hmm. create generational wealth you know create like you mentioned a new job a new ability to provide for their family that's super important not just here in the philippines or southeast asia but the whole world globally and the amazing part is introducing people to new individuals that they can follow that they can understand what they're working on it's a really it's the world is so global i know that sounds funny and doesn't really make sense but we've never been in my opinion so globally connected where you can learn from right. somebody all the way around the world, it can actually apply to you. Where before, and, you know, it just may have been, oh, well, they're there, I'm here. You know, that doesn't matter to me. Now, though, what somebody is doing all the way around the world can apply to you and you can use that. So really excited to be doing this with you. I can't wait. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Also, thank you for kicking off season two of LinkedIn Presents Meta Talks. I can't wait for the audience to see what we're working on. I know we're going to be filming soon, but how can people connect with you? What, you know, how can they consume your content, learn more about what you're doing? Well, you guys, it's, it's really quite simple. If you can see my name, Jay Daredevil, most of my social media platforms have Jay Daredevil number two, and you can find me across all of them. I'm a pretty easy guy to, to access. I would like to think that if you want to hit me up and ask me some questions, I'm pretty much there. Maybe it might take a little time depending on how much traffic I get on my platforms, but I assure you, I'll be able to reach out back to you guys. Just like Dan said, we are making a lot of things together. I mean, to be honest, Dan, you inspire me a lot when I first met you, man. So in terms of what you talked about, this global reach that we have, you already, I mean, you're one of the people that inspired me, bro. And I think that what we have in store for you people, it's going to benefit not just locally, but globally as well. So we're super excited for this and follow our journey. We're going to have a lot of fun doing this. We're just excited. Excited is just an understatement to say the least. But thank you, everyone. Appreciate the love. Man, thank you. Man. 
I can't believe you said that. I, you inspire me. So the feeling is reciprocal. Yeah. So I, I appreciate everything that you're doing too. Uh, kindness can rule the world. You can be kind and still be successful. Always resonates with me every day. So I really appreciate you for being here. I cannot wait to continue our journey and I hope everyone follows along. And thank you everyone for joining us today in another episode of Meta Talks with Jay Daredevil. So check him out every social platform, Jay Daredevil 2. Can't wait and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Jared. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z.